0: Now, before we get into the podcast today, a big shout out to our sponsors at manscape.com. Now, fellas, how's your beach bod treating you? Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Don't be the guy at the beach with a bear rug on your chest. And if you're greater some quarantine mantits, just like myself, at least you can do is make sure they're hairless. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with a code KOA at Manscaped.com. Now, Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. This kit comes with the essential lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Be sure to use a crop sensor body wash just like myself to keep your hair and skin feeling healthy and fresh. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code, once again, KOA at manscaped.com. Enjoy the show. And let's get into it.
1: Hello friends and welcome to a second helping you lucky, lucky people of the Kings of Anglia Itchwich Town podcast. I'm your host, Mark Heath. And at the end of earlier this week's show, I said we'd be back if things were happening and boy... Have they been happening? Kings of Anglia, of course, brought in association with Manscaped.com. Two boys with me today, I'm pleased to say, have been very busy this week. Hutchie, Hutchie Hogan, Andy Warren and Stewie, the Dr. Stuart Watson. We're going to get straight in, boys, because there's been so much happening. I won't bother with convoluted intros, asking you how you are, all that sort of stuff. Because at midday today, Ipswich Town launched their away kit. Um, which I thought we'd start with, chronological order, in time-honored fashion here on KOA. And I haven't actually seen it yet, boys. Um, I was out running. We knew it was being launched at 12, and so I've made a, a point of not checking the kit out. So I'll do that while you give me your, your first impressions. Um, Your thoughts, please. Well, don't we need to look at you? Well, we need you first.
2: If you're the one that hasn't seen it, I don't want to influence you.
1: Oh, dear, oh, dear. I,
2: I want to. Know, I want pure...
1: That's totally underwhelming, isn't it? I wish I wish I hadn't bothered with that. Now it's basically a T-shirt, a white T-shirt. Why can't they get creative, boys? Why can't we have a pink away kit? Why can't we have something exciting? That's that's really boring. What do you it's make it, of it?
2: It's this, Ips- it's this Ipswich Town colour palette, which <laughs> which, on the one hand, I I like because I I think it's nice to have that kind of the identity, I guess. But there is there is life outside of white orange and red and a bit of black now and again that uh, stray that that's what I, that's what i'd like you you all know my thoughts on on away kits mark ashton's here now he's brought bristol city dna with him give me the colorblind joker psychedelic purple <laughs> nonsense away kits um this one is fine it's missing oh. it, it's it's lacking anything in the sleeve and collar department i would say you stick some black on the collar and the, and the sleeve cuffs it would be fine um
1: but yeah it's fine
2: it's, it's like fine. a
1: random random kit generator isn't it you just put in the, the 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 color you say what do you want how brave do you want to be and they put not at all um how creative do you want to be not at all here you go you've got a white t-shirt with a bit of black down the side there you go have that stewie am i being harsh
3: um i guess the people that like it will say it's clean, it's crisp, it's classic, um, it's wearable. More in a public setting, it's not too football shirty in your face. That they would be the the people that defend it. For me, <clears throat> yeah, I, I want a little bit more, a little bit more going on. Um, as Andy says, it's fine, isn't it? We overanalyze football shirts, but when you're paying,
2: whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> I don't think you can over-analyse them, Stuart.
1: Careful with your words there, Stewie. Remember who you're talking how much, to?
3: How much is, how much is this? 50 £48. Quid, like 40, Forty-eight pounds. It's quite a lot of money just for sort of a plain white T-shirt with with a logo on it, isn't it? What kind of shorts you? do we know? Have they done black, the
2: shorts? Black, black shorts <laughs> with white and black socks, which they look quite nice, to be fair. Um, with both of these kits, just I'd say thank goodness for the, the Ed Sheeran sponsorship, because I think... Yeah. That kind of lifts them lifts them both, doesn't it? The, the home one, I've seen the home one in the flesh now a few times like with fans at games, obviously we all all have over the weekend. Mm. I think it looks nicer. Yeah. Um in real life. The stripes, the pinstripes are a little bit darker. Um there are pinstripes on this one as well, horizontal ones, but they're very, very faint. So I'd be interested to see what they look like. You get closer to your to your phone there, Mark. If you move a little
1: bit closer, you might see them. <laughs> uh yeah, I like the it's keeper's basically... kit. The keeper's kit's nice, the all-black keeper's kit, mm. but the, the the white shirt, it's not ready for me. Mm. I think it's basically <clears throat> the
3: template of the Germany kit from the Euros, the home kit. So if you have a look at, back at that, obviously when, you, when you're when you dealing with a big manufacturer like Adidas, you tend to get the trade-off, especially when you're a club a little bit further down the chain, is that you get you don't get bespoke, you get a bit of a template. And it looks like that that Germany template for me. But the, the thing that made that Germany kit was the, the horizontal stripes that were that bit, mm. bit darker. They stood out a bit more. But it was the the colours of the flag on the end of the sleeve that I, I liked on that. And Ipswich have just gone completely, completely plain. Nothing on the sleeves, nothing on the collar. The, as you say, those little horizontal pinstripes are barely... Well, certainly from the pictures, you can barely see them. It might look a little bit different in, in the flesh. But... Um, it's okay. I
1: wish yeah. I, hadn't, I wish I hadn't bothered not looking at it, boys. Because I was expecting, because obviously, I'm I'm notably prone to hyperbole and excitement, and I thought, oh yeah, I'll be able to get all excited about the kit. And instead, it's led me to feel rather underwhelmed. And now I'm not really up for the podcast
2: next year. <laughs> ne- next year, try try the same thing again next year, and hopefully, um, comes off. You know what this does mean? <clears throat> Surely this means this. What? Is the Barcelona kit going to live on again as a a third kit? It never dies. It never dies.
3: I was just looking at the teams that they might wear this against. I think it will be okay for Wimbledon, Gillingham, Portsmouth, Shrewsbury and Wickham. Speak now if you think that there's any potential clashes there. But Sheffield Wednesday and and, uh, Wigan, you're going to have some problems there, aren't you? So you're right, Andy. The Barcelona kit lives on. It will they never die again. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have to put a different sponsor on
2: it again. For the for the third year <clears> in a row, it's just going to keep having different sponsors slapped on it. Get some new shorts. What shorts can you find in the old Adidas cupboard? Play with them. Put some pink socks with it instead of the yellow. Just, it. this is where the fun begins. Yeah. Hills I, Hillsborough and the DW.
1: I just, it's just, we're talking about it before we start recording, Hutchie. I, I, I long for creativity with the kit. And then we're we're talking about the new Inter Milan kit, which is an absolute banger. And I can see that some people probably hate it, but I love it. It's kind of part Strictly Come Dancing, part football shirt, part disco ball. Um, it is astonishing with a golden badge and it's going to look amazing under lights. It's going to look part football, part dancing on the pitch. Why can't we have something like that? In, it? Yeah, it's amazing. That's the sort of thing I want. I really want something like that. But I suppose beggars can't be choosers when, when you're down in League One and you're not a syria italian giant um with millions of fans around the world there you go all right then boys should we move on from the kit to the truly sexy stuff because a kit isn't sexy at all uh, i'm afraid um sexy stuff boys we said on monday we we're talking about various things they already had six in the door now there's eight in the door and breaking news boys just just to my phone ipswich town of one league one 2020 2020 2021, 2022 the title has been lifted I am obviously being a bit facetious here. They do still need some central defenders and some wingers and maybe a few other positions. But, boys, they've signed Joe Piggott, a striker who scored 22 goals last season in League One. And they've also signed the best player in League One, according to some sources, Scott Fraser, 14 goals, six assists to his name in League One last season. Um, Many fans on Twitter of other clubs, Sunderland notably, saying give town the title now, essentially, um, let's start with Scott Fraser because that happened yesterday. too late yesterday, as it always seems to uh, seems to do. Your thoughts, please. Great sign in
3: this, isn't it? Um, I was just looking at the stats. You quoted the stats from last season. <clears throat> if you want to go back, the last three seasons with Piggott and Fraser combined, they've scored seventy nine goals between the two of them over the last three seasons. So. Those numbers speak for themselves, don't they? I've had to look up the definition of midfield goal scorer because we've not (laughs) had one of those for (laughs) for some time. Um, Granted, nine of those goals came from the penalty spot last season for Fraser, but it's the assists probably that excites me more with him. It's all very well talking about the lack of goals, but it was the the lack of chances created, which was the real issue for Ipswich Town last season. So um, Fraser was kind of dubbed... One of the most talented players in Scottish football during his time at Dundee United. He's come down to Burton. He's been really good for them for a couple of seasons in League One. Looked like he was going to the Championship. Opted to sign for MK Dons. Was really good for them last season. Looked like he was going to the Championship this summer. And Ipswich, as they have done with so many of these signings already, have managed to persuade somebody to stay in League One and join an ambitious project. So, two Big big signings for Ipswich Town this week.
1: Yeah, it's, just keeping with Fraser, it's the classic undisclosed fee. Stewie, have you got any insight there as to what kind of figure we're talking? Any at all? No.
3: Nope. Um, just going on reports from earlier in the window <laughs> when he was sort of heavily linked to Hull. There was talk talk about high six-figure fee. So a bit like the Matt Crook situation that we're talking about, a player being in the final year of his contract and. What is that player's value in the current sort of COVID-depressed market? Uh, a player that probably would have been valued well in excess of a million pounds. The combination mm. of, of COVID and contract probably means that he's fallen fallen below that.
1: And and what? how long is he here for? What, what, is it a couple of years, three years?
3: Three-year deal, which seems to be obviously the norm under Mark Sevens was always mm. sort of two years with, with an option. Uh, under this Ashton regime so far, it's for, certainly for the... Uh, for the, the biggest signings. They've been three-year contracts.
1: I'm going to come on to you, um, Hutchie, in a second. But uh, I saw a stat put out, I think, by uh, Ashley um, Ashley Simmons on, on Twitter last night, which I retweeted because it was staggering. Most passes in the final third, most successful passes in the final third last season, Scott Fraser sits atop of that list, ahead of Bruno Fernandes, Emmy Buendia, Andy Robertson, Mason Mount and Archie Collins. Um, four clear of Bruno Fernandes. So that's exciting, Hutchie. Um, famously someone who never really gets excited, but can I uh, can I tease out a little bit of excitement about this this Scott Fraser lad? Do I do I really not get excited about You do about him? kits. You do about kits, that's the one thing you get excited
2: about. <clears throat> I think this is a really good sign of <laughs> rip, rip switch down. Um <laughs> no. Um the thing I like about this one is obviously that that's that's good. Um we know the final thirds of the issue. But mm. it seems to me, and I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know the ins and outs of exactly how this has happened. But it seems to me like, like Ipswich have have kind of taken advantage potentially of Hull's situation if they're if they were really keen on him. They, I think they're one of the championship clubs that's got a, a softish transfer embargo on on them at the moment. I quite like the ruthless nature of it, just coming in, taking and taking a player that they want. I like it. It's um, it, just a ruthlessness in the in the market that we've not really been used to. He's, mm. It's another club that, another League One club, the Ipswich have come in and taken their best player. Um, there's been a few of them this summer as well. Piggott would be another one. Mm. And um, and yeah, it's all, it's all shaping up really nicely.
3: Uh talks about the boxes that these these signings were ticking and what the sort of the attributes were that that Paul Cook was looking for, both 27 years of age. So we talked about that sort of being a real gap in the squad last season that we had sort of players right at the back end of their careers like your Chambers and Skoos you had players at the sort of beginning of their careers but crucially the those kind of hang your hat on prime years players were lacking and the ones that that you did have weren't doing it for whatever reason the sort of her signings of of Nolan and Jackson etc so um Clearly, the signings so far have been in that sort of 25, 26, 27 age bracket, which which is good. And as Andy says, the reaction of the clubs that Ipswich are signing these players for, their fans, speaks a lot. Hmm. They're all gutted that these players have left. These are the best player, if not one of the best players at these football clubs. You know, Wes Burns, Lee Evans, um, Piggott, Fraser these are players that other clubs wanted these are clubs these are players that fans of those clubs didn't want to lose and that's that's exciting rather than in the past it kind of felt like Ipswich were kind of picking up cast-offs is, is a bit strong sort of thing but it's kind of shopping in a completely different market and as mm. and now they're in a position to go out look for identify players they really want that other clubs don't want to lose, but are able to get it done, and and that's um, yeah. It's a strange feeling for us, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it felt to me like in years past, like every every player that Ipswich bought had to be in inverted commas available, hmm. and I don't know if all of these. Obviously, Piggott's different; he was out out of contract. But I wouldn't necessarily think that all of these players, their clubs, would have made them available ipswich have come in and forced the issue and and, and taken them which um mm. yes yeah, it's, it's it's kind of what ashton was painted as for, mm. for before he before he came in and it's it's kind of in action in action now it's um it's certainly a very very different uh way of working in the transfer market that's for sure mm, it's exciting
1: stewie where's fraser going to play we know Rakeem harper and the evans are probably going to take those those deep sitting midfield roles is he Brought in to be the number 10, then, do you think? It's
3: a very, very good question. He kind of played a mixture of of 10 slash 8 for for MK Dons. At times last season, they almost kind of operated with two number 10s. And he was, you know, certainly a more advanced midfielder. Um, The immediate question on everyone's lips was, does that end the interest in in Matt Crooks? My understanding is, no, it doesn't, Um, which is exciting in itself. Um, we all sit here and start writing out our starting 11s for the first game of the season and and who would play. And We overlook the fact that very rarely is every one of your players available at all times throughout the season. So, um, Crooks can play deeper in in midfield. Fraser could play deeper in midfield as well. Um, Rotation is required at times. So, I don't think it would be a case of kind of Having one above the other, um, yeah. it'd just be good to have have a power pack squad that, that you can call upon.
1: You've spoken about it a number of times, haven't you already, boys? But in terms of players coming in who can play multiple positions, and that certainly seems again to be part of the uh, the traits that at yeah. wants that's going into this funnel, the data dashboard funnel, um, because mm-hmm. of, that's exactly what they're signing, isn't it? Utility guys.
2: Yeah, they're <clears> building. <throat> they're built. They're not just building a starting eleven. Like it's pretty. They're building a squad here. So. Mm. The fact that just if you're thinking out loud, if you've got Fraser and and Matt Crooks say fighting for a place in that side, that's that's, that's crazy. Mm. Um, at this point, I would, if I was John Nolan today, I'd maybe be a little bit, I'd be gritting my teeth a little bit. I think the fight for him is maybe that little bit harder than it was with someone like Fraser, Fraser coming in. Um, mm. But but they're, they're building a squad here and and a squad of, of players that are gonna have to they're going to have to fight for their places it's and that's a really that's a really good thing hmm. okay that's so
3: Fraser far it, sorry it shows you how far Ipswich have come in the space of about 12 months because go back to August last year and John Nolan was probably Ipswich's player of the month in the first month of last season and was right up there and we're now talking about him gritting his teeth at the fact that he's uh, right at the bottom of a, a midfield pecking order you would imagine uh, as it stands we're talking hypothetically because Crooks have still got a way to go obviously, but uh, the fact that Ipswich are still looking in that position says everything about how they've they've really levelled up this squad or, or and are across a number of positions.
1: Hmm. OK, so Scott Fraser's in the door. He's signing number eight on Monday. After we'd recorded the pod, frustratingly, on Monday, we got wind that something else was happening, and it duly was. The sexiest of possible signings any club could make. A striker, not just any striker, the mythical 20-goal-a-season striker, Joe Piggott, coming from AFC Wimbledon, Hutchie, what do you make of this one? The
2: sexy pig. Um, <laughs> he was good in the games. He was good in the games against Ipswich, wasn't he? He he, he was a physical force. He in the three nil loss at Wimbledon. Um, he didn't score that night, did he? Steve, from memory, he was. I don't think he did score, but he was him, and I think it was Ollie Palmer up front were, were a real handful for Ipswich. He missed a penalty. Cornell saved that at Portman Road in the return a few weeks later. But um, yeah, he 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 can finish. He. He he's a good finisher, that lad. He's and he's a big boy as well. He's not. I, I wouldn't say he's. I wouldn't say he's a target man, because uh, I think that that label is maybe a bit unfair on on some players. I, maybe Ollie Hawkins is a target man, um, but um, he looks a well rounded striker to me with some muscle and weight to add, um, mm. and yeah, to to bring in. A twenty goal striker from another League One club is um is good business, especially on a free transfer. Again with, with championship
1: interest. Um so he scored twenty-two goals last season, got nine in the COVID shortened season, so would certainly have probably gone into double figures that season, and then eighteen the season before, all in town's league. Stuart, so you you wrote a profile of, of Joe. What what do you make of him as a signing? And is this the marquee kind of striker signing that town that were looking for?
3: Um I guess people will kind of balk when you refer to anyone signing from AFC Wimbledon with the greatest of respects as being a marquee signing. But for me, anyone, as you say, who's scored more than 20 goals in the previous season has to fall in, into that bracket. Um, he's not just done it once, he's done it twice in recent years. He scored 18 goals a couple of seasons back as well. And you've got to remember, this is for an AFC Wimbledon side that has been struggling and scrapping for their lives um, every year over the last few seasons. They've stayed up by the skin of their teeth um, a couple of times and Joe's goals have have played a big part in that. He seems like a a sort of a a very level, grounded character off the pitch as well when you look at his interviews. Um, I did see someone refer to him as Rodney from Only Fools and Horses on on Twitter the other day. I can't remember who that was, but having watched a few more of of his interviews, I can kind of see that. Yeah. um, He's very sort of straight down the line, but I think he's not. He's he's going to be uh, absolutely fine to deal with as a character. But clearly, someone who believes in his confidence is someone who's who's on an upward curve. You're getting him sort of uh, has maybe ironed out a few kinks over the last few years. You're getting him sort of yeah, approaching his prime with with um, you know a bit of rawness has gone, but still a bit of room for growth. And these are players that are, are being signed in mind for not only a promotion push, but uh, being sort of ready for the championship as well I mean it's the, the, the number of championship clubs linked with Joe Piggott are it'd be quicker to to name the ones that weren't than mm. than were so um, yeah and I, as we said before good signings good players will will attract others and I'm sure you know Fraser's referenced it in his interview that you know you see the players that are Ipswich are signing and you want to be part of that so hopefully it creates a bit of a snowball effect from here
1: Mm. You watched that interview with, with Joe Piggott and, and and to me, Hutchie, I think it's clear you found your spirit animal in a footballer because he, he is so laid back. He may as well be horizontal. Um, and all, he speaks so slowly as well, which is great for journalists because it's easy to transcribe what he's saying. Um, interesting in that interview, though, he said that Paul Cook's told them he's going to be really hard on him. And that's what he needs. He says, I need a firm hand sometimes. I'm too laid back. So uh, they've got Piggott, they've got Bond and they've got Norwood, Hutchie. Is the search for strikers over?
2: I think so. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm really happy with the way that they've gone in this. In because when when there was we were talking a few weeks ago, and there was talk about Jermaine Defoe, and, and then you, you start throwing names around about people like, oh yeah, Connor Connor Wickham's available, and right. I, I don't know. I don't know. That didn't really fit sit right with me. I I I'd describe the way that they've gone in terms of their striker recruitment and and that, the whole team, to be honest, as being as being honest and and sensible and level and not stretching to sign a player who's got experience at higher levels but has is has got real issues with fitness or things like that but but are names i, I like I, I like the way that they've gone they've gone for Piggott, who's a 20 goal a season league one striker honest striker mm. league one striker a really good league one striker Macaulay Bon yes he's yes he's played in the championship but he, he's kind' of taken an honest route to being where where he is, they've not gone out and splashed cash or anything like that. They clearly, they clearly know what they're doing. They clearly know they're approaching a League One promotion campaign and, and assigning the players that that go along with that. Uh, look, it would have been, of course, it would to have Jermaine Defoe at Ipswich. I know it never really got that far, but it would have been exciting, of course, it would. But but for me, the sexy pig is much. <laughs> it's much is is much more my cup of tea. And I think it's much more of a of a route out of this division and hopefully sustaining it in the championship. Because I know we're talking about League One promotion push here, but there's always at the other end of that is the Rotherham United pitfall where you need to be building something that can sustain something as well. And I
1: think all of these signings, all yeah. of them fit into that so far. Mm. Yeah, that's it. I mean, Stu alluded to it earlier. Both these guys have signed, 26, 27 years old, three-year deals, Got them tied up for for long term, going up, hopefully, and then into the championship and, and pushing on through there. Hutch, um, you've alluded to it there. It's, it's something very important we have to address. Um, nicknames. Joe Piggott, his nickname apparently is Pigs, from what I can tell. Um, you're calling him the sexy pig. Um, I'm not called. I've, I've called him that. OK.
2: That, I, uh, um, uh, that, that might be
1: where it ends. <laughs> this got... is your job. I've got well. It's a work in progress again. So far, I've got goal hog. See what I've done there, goal hog. No, uh, and the poor sign predator, which I quite like. Um, but again, I'm, I'm judging by your faces, boys. You're you're humouring me.
2: I like I like. Go- I tell you where I'm at with goal hog. Right? Yeah. I like I like it, but that's a negative. That's a negative thing. That's what people get called in the playground where they're he's eating up the go- he's Eating up the goals. No, though, no. no. Yeah. Got a goal hog you're a goal hanger you're a hog you're that's lazy to me that feels like someone who's just hanging around not really pulling their weight okay but uh, but doing the business but i li- in general i like the name yeah um yeah okay well that's
1: that's, that's a work in progress uh, let us know if you've got any could, better ones could, could he share the big
3: porker with our very oh, own
1: now that's a good shout he is relatively big isn't he he's bigger than our big porker our big porker's fairly diminutive, to be fair. Um, so the big porker, I like that. Let us know, everyone, K Y Army, if you've got any other, other contenders. <laughs> um, and for Scott Fraser, boys, it's obvious for me, my boxing background, you hear the name Fraser, straight away, Smoking Joe Fraser. Smoking Scott Fraser works, doesn't it, boys? Yeah, Obviously, don't uh, smoke. Yeah. it. Don't smoke, it's very unhealthy. But a- as a nickname, Smoking Scott Fraser. Hutchie, what are you saying? Um,
2: I've got no comment. <laughs> I've got no comment <laughs> and I've got okay. no alternative either. So I can't knock you down. We'll have to that's, go with it.
1: That's, that is the, that is the working title for, for Scott Fraser, smoking Scott Fraser, um, smoking Joe Fraser, of course, famously an iconic line in Wu-Tang clan, smoke on the mic, like smoking. Uh, Joe." Fraser. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully we can get Scott Fraser in, in, in the Wu-Tangs next song.
3: You're, you're bringing those sort of references on the Pigot theme. I was thinking of the the quote from from the film Babe with that that will do, Pig.
1: That'll do pig. <laughs> that'll do, pig. When
3: he scores the winner or something. Oh, That's we something. can have
1: that for the end of the season, can't we, boys? When he scored well, thirty-five we're goals. Falling on very different cultural rounds <laughs> here you and I. Have That's... you got one for Kladvsky? Uh no, I haven't. I haven't really thought about. It. I mean, he's his nicknamed Vaz, isn't it, Vaz? Yeah, but that that doesn't count you I need, I need to work on that.
2: Have a yeah. have a go at that one. I'll be yeah. I'll be interested to know where you go with that one.
1: Indeed. From from the sublime to the ridiculous or, or maybe the serious in this case boys. We talked about signings, we talked about crooks there, that's not dead in the water. Um and I've I've joked facetiously that town have already lifted the, the trophy with the with the signings they've made so far. But clearly they do still need more. They've got to get centre backs in um including one classic hairy ass centre you um TM Stuart Watson. How many more boys do you think we're looking at now in, in terms of numbers and positions? Clearly, centre back's got to be part of that wing as you'd still think. What are you saying, Stu?
3: Um, if you stick him, if you're keeping Holy around, your goalkeeper position is sorted. I don't think they need to to go messing about with, with that. Need another left back? Clearly, yep. Miles and Locks out the door, so that's one. I think you need one at least, if not two, centre halves to compete with with Wolfenden and Toto Ntiala. Um, midfield, although we've talked about the options at the minute, it is just Harper and Evans and Nolan, isn't it? So you're mm-hmm. still probably arguably one short in those two holding midfield positions. Wingers, you've got Burns and Dobra. So I think you probably need a couple more of those. Um,. Strikers are sorted. And then you're talking about the number 10 position. That's seven there that I've reeled off. But you could probably chip away at a couple of those if you go for a player that can kind of play in both positions. If you were to sign Crooks, for example, and then you go, mm-hmm. right, well, he's a he's a hybrid eight and a 10, bit like Fraser. So that's one one player for two. So in short, five more, I would say.
1: Agree, Hutchie? Yeah, about that? yeah, that's what
2: I was going to say. We did the obviously the interview with Mark Ashton last week. He talked about five more, they've got mm. two since then. I, I still think he'd say the same thing now if, if you asked him again at five at least. And I think that I think there might be the odd bonus one on top of that because they're in a position to sign good players if they become available. So, um, yeah, I think I still think at least five, five, mm. six, mm. May, may, maybe if you go beyond five to six, seven. The two you maybe sign a little bit of potential there. Most of these players, the, I think I'm right in saying the youngest is is Harper, who is kind of a work in progress of sorts. Penny's obviously not too old, but the rest of them, the rest of them are kind of in in primes. So it's clear that's where they're going, and I'm sure that's how the squad will mostly be built. But the club are also in a position if they if they come across someone that they like at the younger end of the spectrum, they can do that
1: deal as well. So at least, at least five, I think. Okay. Um, balls on the table time in association with our sponsor, manscape.com use code KOA at manscape.com for 20% off and free delivery. There's a bunch of new stuff coming out from manscape, which we'll talk about over the coming weeks. I'm sure get involved, look at the, uh, the club they've got on their website and get yourself some with the 20% discount, which is very much worth having balls on the table. Uh, time boys a couple of weeks ago when they signed six I asked you who was the best signing for you so far now they've got eight Hutchie you said at the time Lee Evans was your man and Sue you said Rakeem Harper do, do either of Piggott the big porker and smoking Scott Fraser do they change your opinion <laughs> in that regard Hutchie no not really
2: I, I like both the signings but I, I, for the reasons The reasons that I said before with Evans, I I just think he's going to help all these players tick. I think he'll be a benefit to all of the the players around him. They're all all good players that they've brought in, but I still feel the most most enthused by Evans, I think. That's not to say the others aren't going to be really, really important to what they do and and will grab the headlines with the goals and assists and things. But Evans is the,
1: the kind of player that I think they really needed. Yeah, having having watched him at Dartford on on Saturday, um, and obviously knowing his background, he 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 appears to be the straw that's going to stir the drink, doesn't he? He's like a Rolls Royce of a footballer, keeping everything together in in the midfield and and doing everything that you expect of a player in that position. Also, potentially a captain. Stewie, you, you still saying Harper is a, a, as a as the best signing so far?
3: Um, I think I'd probably have to to back a new horse in the race here and say Scott Fraser. Andy talked about Lee Evans being the sort of the most sure thing of the players mm-hmm. that have signed thus far. If you look at what Scott Fraser's done over three years in English football uh, and previously what he's done in Scotland, I would say he's probably right up there in terms of sure things, in terms of his consistent numbers for goals and assists, which has been a big gap in the squad. But what I will say is I think the biggest signing is probably or most important signing could still be to come because we're all getting excited about the, the goals and the players that are coming at the top end. But I still think that centre half an experienced mm. leader who potentially might even be the captain i still think that's a big big signing at, at the moment
1: And needs a hairy ass as well Stu. yes well well does he though
2: he, he needs <laughs> if he has got one of those he needs to trim it
1: yeah maybe that's With... going into the into the funnel though trim it we are going I'll, I'll let you go on Hutchy.
2: i've got no more to say i just if you if you do need to if you do need to trim it that you know where to go don't you
1: yeah, just, is that, just is think. That a
3: box on the data dashboard? You that's what I'm like thinking. Exactly. Box, yeah, yeah Paul, Cook's, next to that. Paul
1: Cook's filling in his little traits. Center back must have hairy ass. Into the dashboard it goes. Job done, boys. Maybe that's what's taking so long because uh, there's not many yeah. footballers with hairy ass anymore. Is it like
3: getting your car insurance where you tick, like, do you want legal protection? Yeah. Do you want, yeah, no claims? <laughs> you can, you can do <laughs> yeah. that basically the data dashboard, but you've just got hairy ass tick.
1: Yeah. Um, Maybe that's a the real reason. Bit. Those those reason. legal
2: protections they take <laughs> they take your premium up, don't they? And it's going to be the same for the hair as well. That will that will add to your premium when you're trying yeah. when you're shopping for a centre back. Maybe
1: that's the real reason Sonny Bradley fell apart. Um, and yeah, <laughs> anal- analysis done.
0: <laughs> brought him to the training ground and a bit like
3: the, at the airport, where, or when you get checked into the to a prison. Might yeah. Drop him. He drops. his kicks <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's passed go, everything. Oh.
1: Uh, he's done. hairless. No, deals, deals <laughs> he's done. He's passed every single test. He's the strongest player they've ever tested. He's the fittest player they've ever tested. He's got leadership qualities coming out of every orifice. They get to the arse test. Sorry, Sonny. It's just not her shoot enough. On you go. Go back to Luton. Back to Luton, you go. <laughs> Amazing. Boys, is there any other, on sexy stuff front, is there any other... News. Um, obviously, there's been a couple of big things happening this week, which happened came to us fairly late. Is there any, anything else you're hearing with your ear to the ground, either incoming or outgoing, that you can share with the KOA army right now?
3: Don't get the feeling anything is kind of uh, imminent at this moment in time, but these things can, can change. We kind of they did very well. Obviously, the club to kind of keep these two quite quiet. We only sort of knew about them both fairly late in the day on the days that they signed. So. Um, Done well after after uh, Mark sort of talking about wanting to keep things quite quiet to do that. Mm. Um, the Rotherham manager's been talking about Matt Crooks again. Um, <laughs> he seems to be talking about him every every five minutes. Paul Warren. Um I'm quite intrigued that he's kind of referencing Ipswich directly and and going public with conversations that he's had with Paul Cook about it. And yet, it's being reported now that there's two Championship clubs who've had bids rejected, but. None of those clubs are getting named. It's um, that says to me that Rotherham, Rotherham, quite clearly, are desperate to sell. They need the money. They don't really want to sell him to Ipswich because it's it's a League One rival. Um, but for the reasons that Andy's outlined earlier, uh, Championship clubs, certainly Championship clubs that are looking at sort of League One slash Championship players a lot of those are just aren't in the financial position to make their moves at the moment. There's a few of those soft transfer embargoes knocking about, Hull, Derby, um, someone else as well, I can't remember. Um, so Ipswich are in the position to kind of make their move quite early and um, they're pushing quite hard for Crooks and I'm sure the tipping point can't be too far away. Um, so I'm intrigued to see how that, that one plays
1: out. Mm, it's exciting, isn't it? A, a proper transfer saga back and forth. Um, and it's not a drill, friends. July the 15th, Ipswich Town have already signed eight players. Fantastic stuff. Um, in terms of outgoing players and potential outgoings, we should we should hark back to Tuesday night at Bury Town because the bomb squad were in action. Stu, you're currently in COVID jail, so you failed a late fitness test. Um, you were pinged by the COVID police. Which meant that Hutchie had to fly solo at Ram Meadow. Um yeah, and it was an it was an interesting game, Hutchie, because Town missed out on their first silverware of the season in a in a in a penalty shootout. Um what what, what did you make of the game and, and anyone in particular who stood out? And obviously though the four members of the bomb squad mm. all played in the first half.
2: Yeah, just for those that didn't maybe know that the silverware is the <laughs> Mar- the Martin Swallow Challenge trophy, which is uh a new trophy. This is the first time it was played for. They're hoping to to play for it every preseason between Ipswich and and Berry in in some form. It's named after a supporter who is, I think, he's on the committee of Ips- Ipswich Town Supporters Club, Martin, um, mm. and he's also uh, a, a long time volunteer at Berry. He's um, he's currently suffering with with an illness. He was at the game on um, he was at the game on Tuesday night and was was quite overwhelmed by it. I thought, but uh, I could hear in his voice as we headed towards 90 minutes of a 1-1 draw, uh, what happens if this if this game ends in a draw? Who gets the trophy? There were jo- jokes about cutting it in half. Mark Ramsey from the supporters club brought it out all in bubble wrap and was ready to chop it up into pieces. <laughs> but um, but um, I just uh, at some point just heard Paul Cook bellowing from the back of the stands. We're doing penners. We're doing <laughs> penners, lads. Uh, and uh so they did. And uh and uh for the second time in three days, uh the Ipswich fans that were there would have seen their team lose on penalty kicks. Not quite as high stakes as the European Championship final mm. on Sunday night, but they they did ultimately lose. But um yeah, a new trophy, which um hopefully they're gonna play for every year. Anyway, the Bond squad. That's what you're more interested in, isn't it? Um they all got forty-five minutes, Caden Jackson. Teddy Bishop, Miles Kenlock and um, Brett McGavin was what was one of of those. No Flynn Downs. Obviously, he's uh, he looks like the one that's likely to depart soon. And if I'm completely Mm -hmm. honest, I haven't really got an awful lot to report about how the uh, let's let's call them three members of that of that bomb squad, Kenlock, Jackson and Bishop, how they did. Jack, Jackson maybe maybe the pick of them um, had some good moments where he slipped in down the side and got some crosses in had one kind of wriggly run into the box that ended with a shot being blocked, Bishop was neat and tidy moved the ball around but didn't have a chance to run with it particularly often and, and Kenlock was um, again neat and tidy on the left flank without without doing an awful lot in, in his 45 minutes, let's just say Paul Cook said the door was ajar for them, I'm, I'm not sure if they really, if they really are going to force
1: that door open, they certainly didn't do it. Didn't do it in this game. Mm. And uh, on another day and another time, the story—if it was a compet- competitive game—in the—in quote marks—the story obviously would have been Carlos Edwards, yeah. former, former town captain, coming off the bench to equalise and then scoring the winning penalty. Forty-two years old, Hutch. He's still in in good shape, isn't he? Still looks like he can yeah. do a job. Yeah, by by that point, by
2: the time he came on, Ipswich had changed their entire 11 and it was even... So the first half 11 was the the four players we mentioned there, plus the majority of the team that finished the Dartford game, so kind of under 18-y. So the second half 11 was even younger than that. There were some first-year scholars on there, 16-year-olds. And so Carlos, at at 42, was twice the age of any Ipswich player on the pitch and getting on to three times the age of of some of them. Um, But yeah, he's looking... uh, He's looking in decent shape. Good penalty. Absolutely no idea where he was playing. He just popped up all over the pitch <laughs> um, at various points. I think he really enjoyed himself. That that's some former, you know, former Ipswich colleagues of his in the in the crowd in various roles. James Scowcroft was there. Um, mm. he obviously, they obviously all know each other very well from Barry Allen Lee, Simon Milton. I think he just enjoyed playing in in mm. against an Ipswich team. And yep, he uh,
1: he was the match winner.
2: Did anyone about the
1: years? you've talked there about the bomb squad. Did, did Was there anyone who kind of impressed you just in terms of youngsters names, anyone that we can, we can look out for Nico Valentine played again, didn't he? I thought he looked yeah. good at, at Dartford. How did he look this time?
2: Yeah, he's cl- clearly a very technically gifted little player. He, he played wide, right. This time um, mm. move. It, he's clearly very, very good on the ball. I, I, same as, same as last week, really. I, I really like the right back Ad Barge. He mm. played he started this time and he got up and down really, really nicely. I, I like the look of him. He's 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 built really well
1: and he's he's got a lot of attributes. He's one he's one that I like. Mm. Sui, as I mentioned there, you're currently in Covid jail. You, you missed out at Ram Meadow on Tuesday. And now because the next couple of games are behind closed doors, Fulham Saturday behind closed doors, Steven is next Tuesday behind closed doors. We can't go to either of those games and I'm not sure how much information we're even going to get about those games. And then you're off on uh, on holiday uh, two weeks running up to the season. So it means that you're not going to see town kick a ball again until that epic first Saturday of the season where everything we've already talked about is going to happen. Packed house at Portman Road. Uh, but you're going to miss the Crystal Palace games and the Millwall games and the Colchester games as well, which is going to be interesting. Um, so how are you feeling about that? You've gone from, you're going to go from Dartford away to Morecambe at home when it actually counts.
3: I am yeah. I'll be I'll be an interested follower, like everybody else, of of Andy's reporting and listening in on the podcast and stuff. I'm sure I will be tempted to do a fair bit of work while I'm while I'm away as well, leading up to the big kickoff. But try and recharge a little bit, and because uh, as soon as that first ball kicked, it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty relentless. So. Um, Yeah, um, I'm sure things will look completely different again in, uh, well, almost day by day at the moment, things are are changing quite rapidly. But um, yeah, we've never known a summer like this. It's which are normally, we're not, this is all a bit unnerving. Andy sort of said the other day, almost England losing on penalties kind of brought back a little bit of, almost like this comfort blanket that we've got used to. (laughs) And it felt like that kind of following and supporting and reporting on Ipswich Town over the years that sort of quiet deadline day expected at Ipswich Town and pick up a few frees and loans and um, everything's sort of turned on its head and it's all it's a bit sort of discombobulating in many ways but uh,
1: in a good way. Hmm. We should mention um, I think since we last spoke you uh, broke the Flynn Downs to Bournemouth story didn't you um, so mm-hmm. we might just have a quick chat about it now. Is is there any kind of update on that? Just just quickly, kind of go back over the, over the tail as, as you understand it.
3: Pretty pretty well progressed from what I gather. I think there's there's every chance that will happen unless uh, there's any last minute hitches. But um, yeah, I think you know Flynn had handed in the transfer request hadn't he last summer after the Palace move, which was understandable when a Premier League club comes, and then the season wasn't what he or Ipswich Town wanted. And I think. He he sort of made it clear to Paul Cook that if another opportunity arose in the summer, he would be up for a fresh challenge. I think Paul Cook had made it sort of clear to sort of almost a blanket message to everyone across the squad that um, you know you need to feel a bit of pain off the back of last season. So the, the two parties probably just weren't on the same the same level with that. Um, it's which have, have gone down their route a bit like bit like. Andre Dezl and Lancaster and others, maybe sort of Flynn coming away from the Ipswich bubble and and doing something different might be good for him and it will enable Ipswich if they can get a decent deal for him to uh, to reinvest that in some of these exciting deals of their own that they're doing. So Bournemouth's a good move for for, for Flynn Downs. I think mm. Scott Parker looking at the style of player that Scott Parker was, you would imagine that's a really good fit for Flynn Downs and he'll see probably a lot of himself in in Flynn. So. Uh, you know obviously a club that's been in the premier league for several years recently that, that finished in the playoffs last season so a good move for flynn and um as much as i think he's a really top top player and i'll be sad to see him go maybe the timing is is right for Ipswich as well just to to really start a
1: fresh mm. okay what is a decent deal for for flynn downs hutchy from a, from a town point of view we may never know it may be one of these undisclosed things but are we looking similar to Andre Dizelle, do you think, kind of the million-pound mark? Similar
2: mark, I'd say. Maybe yeah. Maybe a touch more. Um, <laughs> there were, I think on the on the Dizelle deal, there was, am I right in saying, Stu, aren't I? that there was some, some room to get some future protection in there on, on Andre's deal in terms of sell-ons down the line? That's right, isn't it? But, but given that but so much of that was down to the release clause, I think, Ipswich are in a maybe a better negotiating position with Flynn Downs to get those clauses in. So I'd hope there'd be maybe a few more of those in it. But yeah, I think in terms of a base fee, I think you're looking at a similar level to, to Andres. I feel a lot more disappointed about this one, um, if, if, if I'm honest, than, than some of the other sort of homegrown players that have departed, not because of the not because of the circumstance, I'd agree with Stu. In terms of everything that's gone on, the time is right for this for this to happen. Flynn, I, I think the desire to leave I, Ipswich has never, I'm surely, it's never gone away since last summer. There was never a time where that was reconciled in his head that he was bang up for being here. I think um, his head, his head had left Ipswich last summer, mm. but just I don't know. Just there's a, there's a real disappointment there because he's he's a player that fits everything that this manager wants. Um, in terms of his ability, attitudes, kind of all that, all, all those things, he fits everything that Cook wants in a midfielder. So it's just a shame that by the time Paul Cook has inherited him, he's hmm. kind of in in the place that that he is. Because had he not been, um, I, I think he would have been a real central central player to to what this is now for for Ipswich. But given where ev- the two parties are at, I, th- I think it, I think you have to allow him to leave. Now it's not. It wouldn't wouldn't be a good thing for Flynn to still be here. Hmm. I think okay. he'll play in
3: the Premier League. I think he'll get to the Premier League. I've got hmm. no doubt about that. He's got the the attributes to to get there. And I think this Bournemouth move is probably a really good stepping stone towards that, be it sort of promotion with them or or moving on moving on again. Um Bournemouth have been a decent little club to negotiate with, haven't they, for Ipswich in recent yeah. years? They've got really good money for Tyro Ming, so um, they've kind of got this tag of a club that's maybe overpaid a little bit on their transfer dealings over over recent years. So hopefully Ipswich uh, can get can get some good money for a player they've obviously nurtured from from the age of mm. of eight years of age, and mm. and it and it enables some of these other deals that we're talking about, the Crooks and Salinas and things, to happen. Mm.
2: Here, here's a scenario for you. How how do you think this one works out, right? Flynn goes to Bournemouth, good club, good move, competing at the top end of the championship, brilliant. Bournemouth miss out in the playoffs. Flynn's been really, <laughs> flyn has been really good for them. Mark Noble, which is currently beginning what West Ham are describing as Mark his last dance, his uh, his final year as a West Ham United player. West Ham United need new midfielder. swoop for Essex boy, West Ham family fan. Flynn Downs from the Championship. Ipswich get a tidy little sell-on. Flynn Downs goes to the Premier League and uh, the circle is complete. What do you think? I, like, I, I it.
3: like it. I like it a lot. He's always felt like it's a bit like fate that he's going to end up at West Ham. I can see him, the cheeky, cheeky chappy Essex boy. I can see the West Ham fans really taking to him and him almost sort of taking on that that noble cult cult hero status there but there's a little way to go with that but I I like that hot take Andy it's a good one replay
1: this that could be a legendary hot take Hutchie I'm just noting it down now it's Thursday July 15th 2021 if and when Flynn Downs joins West Ham after narrowly missing out on the Premier League with Bournemouth what we say in about 2022 2023 time no next 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 summer summer. so yeah yeah, 2022 that's that's the call yeah he Remember. has to replace he
2: he he takes the baton from Mark Noble. <laughs> it's very very, very straight. That is what happens.
1: Very specific. Remember where you heard it here first. And before we go, boys, we should mention, since we last spoke, was Town Veterans team had their first preseason game. A handy 3-0 win over Bilaricky. Alan Judge, Freddie Sears, on target, Luke Chambers, Cole Skews, Tommy Smith, Frank Noble, Dean Gherkin, Tom Eastman, all in action. Um any thoughts on this, Stewie? Seeing Colchester United down the road with Chambers and Co.
3: Um, I'll be honest; it's not front and centre of my mind at the moment. I'm kind of uh, fixated <laughs> on what, what's happening here at Portman Road. Um, wish them well. I'll be. Uh, I think you asked before how I felt about it. I was sort of mild intrigue, is what I would describe my how I feel about that that situation down the A12 at the moment.
1: Hutchie. Hmm. Same with you.
2: More, uh, no, I'm more. In, I'm. I'm more intrigued than that. Um, I don't know why. I just. I just am. I. It. it I, I. I'll be honest. I don't really care about their three 0 win at Billerickie in preseason. Um, but I am very much intrigued to, to see how this, how it goes. I'm just hmm. having having spent so long writing about all these players, about their their pros, their cons, and and everything. I've re- I'm actually quite looking forward to seeing how they get on in a new environment um yeah, as sad as it sounds there's there's every chance I might go and try and watch them at some point <laughs> it just it just it just interests me i can't I can't help it um, I'm with you
1: I think it's an interesting thing interesting experiment um there can't be many many cases where a team just down the road has signed so many of one team's players from one season. Um, and they look like they're going to go straight into the, the starting lineup for next season, plus all the associated former town players as well. I think it's, it's going to be interesting. We'll see. I, I,
2: I was more interested by the fact their squad numbers were published this week, and Chambers and Skews both got their four and their eight. That's that was I,
1: always going to happen, wasn't it? Well, I don't know. I
2: don't know. I sometimes you know sometimes you, you see players change when they fresh start, fresh number, all of that. But I, I, look, I can't help myself. That stuff. That stuff really interests me. I just it, I just can't. They're playing Tottenham next week. I'm considering it. Oh, next, wow. we, next Wednesday. Interesting. Um, I probably won't. But, um, yeah, sorry. I can't help it.
1: That's all right, mate. I like it. Passion, excitement. That's what I want to see. Um, boys, this is... this is you want sorry. to make some calls on squad numbers
3: for the new boys now, Andy? Because we've got quite a few more ah, in the build. That's now. a good shout.
1: Who gets nine?
2: I, I really want Macaulay Bond to have that. Um, I think give the hometown boy his number nine shirt and watch him fly. That would be uh, Joe Piggott's worn 39 at, at AFC Wimbledon, which is obviously available. Um,
0: That's nonsense,
2: like, I mean, I mean, Emir Hughes did it, didn't he? He went with 44 all the way and stayed loyal to that. Bart, Bart stuck with his 33 all the way, despite opportunities to, to take the number one shirt. Look, Pickett scored all these goals in, number, in the 39 shirt. I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he took it. I'd, I'd probably agree with you, Mark. It's it's silly. But, um, yeah, I, I could see him taking that again. Um, who else do you want? Fraser. Well, he can't have the number 10 unless Norwood has it taken away from him. who um, I hope they don't publish these too early. I hope that I hope I hope. <laughs> what I hope is they they get more of the players in to, to to do this properly. Otherwise, you'll be giving people silly numbers. I I don't know. He could he could Ryan Fraser wore fourteen for it for Ipswich, but I've already said on here that Raheem Harper would look good in fourteen. So oh.
1: who's getting eight with Cole Skews no longer? That's
2: Lee, that's Lee. Evans all day long. That's okay. I could not. I I will never. Actually no, I won't say that because you won't let me. I was gonna say I won't record another podcast if he doesn't get the number eight shirt, <laughs> but I, I don't think that I don't think that's feasible, is it?
1: As a protest. though, we need you, mate.
2: Um, yeah. Uh, um no that's
1: that's a sure thing. He's got to be the number eight. Okay. We will see. Um surely it can't be too long before they release the numbers, but as you say, actually, hopefully they wait a little bit longer because it sounds like there's gonna be some more players on the way. And again, that's that's one of the days that you get excited about, genuinely excited about so fingers crossed you around for that boys is there anything else to mention this is meant to be a mini pod it's stretched well over the realms of half hour mini pod into 52 minutes of full pod action is there anything that you want you want to add before we take our leave and get back on with various things no other business no. no other business. In time the fashion, then, that just leaves me to say, please follow us across all social medias, Kings of Anglia, on YouTube. Please, on YouTube, because we're right on the verge of 2,000 and we're pushing lots of extra video stuff this season, video-exclusive stuff. Um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And, obviously, also use code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on their excellent range of clobber, trimming devices, clothing, cologne. They've got the whole lot. And, as I say, look out, because I think there's some new stuff coming, new and updated stuff coming which we'll talk about in due course there you go then it's been a two podcast week and that can only mean that things are happening at Ipswich Town the big porkers in the building smoking Scott Fraser's in the building Town have released a very very dull away kit um the boys are back you're actually off on Monday aren't you boys thinking about it you're actually off on Monday so we'll be back at some point next week um, he says ruining his own intro uh, outro um, <laughs> just <laughs> thought, get it done thought, cut alright that's it see ya <laughs> from true crime to football Brexit to football, more great podcasts from Archon head to audioboom.com slash channel slash archon